This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Or should I say, greetings from our flu-infested house. We have finally succumbed to flu bee. And it is no laughing matter. All three kids have it, and oh, they are sick. Poor Jesse, though, because he's the one who is holding down the fort, as I am 29 weeks pregnant as we're recording this, and he has kind of quarantined the kids upstairs and quarantined me to my room so that I don't get the flu. And he is doing all sorts of things to help them kick this flu as quickly as possible because it is, I don't even know a word for it, vicious, nasty, draining, (laughs) terrible. You have them on this regimen of vitamin C, vitamin D, some homeopathic remedies and elderberry syrup and baking soda baths. And it does seem to be working. Yeah, it does. And some, plus they're taking Motrin and Tylenol as needed to, to keep their fevers down because mm-hmm. going back their fevers forth. keep spiking up. That's what's going down at our house this week. I see that Jesse is really working on his immunity as he sits across from me with his sleeve of Girl Scout Thin Mints. Hey, that's saving my life. <laughs> saving your life this week. He went shopping to go buy soup and drinks and I don't I don't know what else you got for the kids for mm-hmm. um and came home with Girl Scout cookies. You and, know. And of course, Thin Mints that are my favorite but would give me extreme heartburn right now. 
So I guess you're eating mine for me. They're so good. Just stop talking about them. (laughs) We wanted to address a comment before we get into what's saving our life and also what books we're reading that someone emailed me this week, which I thought was a really important comment. And Jesse and I were having this conversation this morning. He's like, we should talk about that on the podcast. So the comment was that this person felt like our last episode where we talked about how I've been reading more and us bringing back our family read aloud time, Mm -hmm. how in a sense, it was almost as if we were trying to hold on to our kids' childhoods instead of just letting them grow up and, you know, be preteens and teenagers and get older and just grow up. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a really important comment because I realized that I did not fully explain where that idea of us bringing back family read aloud time came from. And I also thought it would be beneficial for us to just talk about this, Jesse. Sure. And how we sometimes will do things in our home and tweak things. And it's usually always based upon a family conversation. And so actually a few months ago, the kids came to me and they said, mom, remember when we were little, do you remember all the things that we did? Do you remember how you limited our screen time so much? And we only had maybe 30 minutes a day and we would watch baby signing times or some educational DVD and we read so much and listened to so many audiobooks. We want to do that with the baby too, because we feel like that gave us such a good education. And they freely admitted that they have a lot more screen time now than 30 minutes a day on many days. And I'm fine with that. But I thought that it was really valuable for them to come mm-hmm. and say this and to say, we don't want the baby to miss out on those things that impacted our life so much when we were little. And so we want to make sure that the baby's going to get that benefit too. So as a result of that conversation and me just asking them more, you know, talk to me about the audiobooks, talk to me about the read alouds. How did that impact your life? Sometimes I forget that these things that we did and the ways that we invested in our kids, how much it makes a difference in their life. And So that was really where the family read aloud time came from. And even though there was a little bit of kind of them rolling their eyes and having a little bit of attitude about it, they have fallen in step with it. And they really, truly understand that this is something they want to prioritize Mm -hmm. and they want the baby to know that this is an important thing. And so they want to demonstrate that reading is a priority and books are priority. And this is something that we do as a family. And I don't know that we'll do this long-term. I mean, as they get older and they're going to have jobs Mm -hmm. and evening activities and all of that. But right now it's been this really sweet thing. And also, I mean, and also it's not just one of them. It's all three of them. They have very strong opinions on the whole Mm -hmm. reading and audio and limiting screen time, which is, fascinating to me because they actually really like screen time. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, should we implement that 30 minutes a day for you guys too? How would that be? But I appreciated their input. And I think that that's one of the interesting things of having a baby when you also have older kids is they have a lot of thoughts and a lot that they want to speak into as mm-hmm. well. They're also really, really excited about getting to spend time and invest in the 
baby one-on-one mm-hmm. and they already are talking about, we're going to teach the baby sign language. We're going to teach the baby math. We're going to teach the baby. I'm like, this child has no idea <laughs> what they are going to be born into, but I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Any other thoughts that you wanted to share on that, Jesse? No, it's, it, it's just, um, we want to be able to give the baby an opportunity and, and as the baby grows up as well. I mean, it's not just during the uh, time right after the birth or, you know, a year or two after it's continuing on of having the read alouds and having the investing time into uh, the baby's, the child's education. The kids routinely say how much they value the time that we spent reading, listening to things, teaching them. And they, they've said repeatedly, they've learned more through that than at school. Mm-hmm. And any it's really prepared them. Or anything like that. And I just wanted to say a big thank you to the person who wrote in. They were very kind about how they addressed it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an important thing. And I appreciate if you feel like there is something that you disagree with for you to write in. It really helps me to think through why am I making that decision? And are we making that with a lot of thought and intention? Or is it just kind of like, oh, this worked for us 10 years ago. We should do mm-hmm. this again now. Or for uh, memory's sake, let's do it again. Yes. With and not so th- really having any intention behind it. And so that's something that we're going to really have to kind of navigate mm-hmm. and learn in the next coming 18 years. You know, what things that we did with our first three are we going to do and how are we going to change things up? Mm -hmm. So this week's book, well, before I talk about the book, I should tell you what our podcast topic is. That was a little bit of a rabbit trail or a big rabbit trail. We want to answer the question of how do you stay so positive? Because this is a question that I have gotten multiple times in the last week. And I thought it would be fun to just dive into and discuss. But before we get to that, The book that I finished last week that I wanted to talk about was The Path Between Us by Suzanne Stabile. It's an Enneagram journey to healthy relationships. And Jesse and I were just having a conversation about it this morning because it goes through and it talks about each one of the numbers on the Enneagram and explains how they interact with the other numbers. So if you love all things Enneagram, I would highly recommend this book because it's really fascinating. I've studied a lot about Enneagram things, but it was very insightful and enlightening to me. And Jesse, I feel like we kind of dug into some things this morning that Mm -hmm. we hadn't really talked about before that this book kind of brought to light in how For instance, my personality as an Enneagram 8, which is very strong and very impatient, will just kind of be like, hey, we need to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And for you as a 5, that can feel combative. Yes. When I'm I'm not trying to be Mm -hmm. combative at all, I'm just feeling like, hey, this is something that needs to be addressed. And it could be anything. It could be, what are we going to do next week about such and such or so Mm -hmm. and so? I mean, just to few minutes ago, we were having a conversation about the baby's birth and just different things with that. And for me, it's like, we need to take care of this right now. And you don't receive that well, your, your personality. And I'm not saying like you, that didn't come up. It's not like I get upset or anything with you. It's just that it's difficult to, because I have to process through things in a 
more deliberate manner than what you would saying, hey, we need to make this decision right now. And so it can come across as I'm being really pushy to you. And so some of the things that she talked about in this book were really helpful to me of ways to approach you of saying, hey, I want to have a conversation about X, Y, Z. When would be a good time today for us to talk about that? Or when you have a minute, can you come in here so we can discuss whatever it is? Kind of giving you some time instead of just being like, hey, sit down right now. We got to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And so it's very helpful for me. And so many other things of thinking of people that are you know, my close friends or people who, that I work with, people that have different personalities than me and how I can do a better job of relating to them and communicating with them. So we'll put the link to that in the show notes. It was The Path Between Us by Suzanne Stabile, and it's an Enneagram journey to healthy relationships. Jesse already talked about what's saving his life this mm-hmm. week and it <laughs> thin mints plus I think also this whole regimen that you have the kids on, maybe that's going to help save our lives I because so. they're going to be sick a lot less, hopefully. And it's hilarious because it's vitamins and thin mints. That's what's saving your <laughs> life this week. Mine is dry shampoo and I've been using this dry shampoo for a long time. So I actually had to go look up and see, have I ever talked about this on the podcast? And to my recollection and what I found, I have not. So pardon me if I actually did. And I just am not seeing it in my notes, but it's the Living Proof Dry Shampoo. And I absolutely love it. I've tried a number of different kinds of dry shampoo, and this one works just the best of any that I have tried. I only wash my hair once a week, which a lot of people think is crazy, but it works for me, saves me a lot of time and a lot of effort because I have long, thick hair. So when I wash it, I have to blow dry it and straighten it. But if I spend the hour that it takes to wash it well, kind of do the conditioning treatment and then blow dry it and straighten it, I spend almost zero time on my hair, maybe a few minutes every day on my hair the rest of the week. So in essence, it saves me a lot of time. Now, I know some people who have really thin hair or short hair or easy to fix hair that you only spend a few minutes on your hair every day. That is not the case for me. But the dry shampoo really helps with this. So at night, I actually spray it on the roots every single night, even when it's clean hair and I've just washed it, spray it on the roots. And then I put my hair up in a scrunchie, a high scrunchie ponytail. And then in the morning, I can just pull that out and maybe possibly brush a little bit or run a straightener through for 30 seconds or something. And then it is done and is good for the day. So this dry shampoo saves me a lot of time and effort and truly is saving my life. So that is the Living Proof Dry Shampoo. And we will link to that in the show notes. Let's talk about our topic at hand, Jesse. How do you stay so positive? Well, you know, it's, it's it just comes naturally for me. Oh, this was for uh, you, right? Well, no, I think it, this is just in general. Just this general, is no. not, it was just a question that had been asked to me, but I think it's a conversation that we want to have for both Definitely. of us. I think different people are wired that are naturally more positive, more mm-hmm. glass half full versus I think which one it was glass half full versus half empty depends on if you want the glass to be half empty that could be a good thing well I can see good things 
with either one. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's half empty, it means that I drank that much water and hydrated it's myself, you know? Yeah. And that's how I tend to look at life. I have for years and years just been a positive type of person. I always look at the best case scenario. I always try to find the, you know, what is it? The I'm trying to think of the, it's not something. Silver the lining. The silver lining. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is what I'm looking for. I just tend to notice that. So I know that it is something that I'm more wired towards. Jesse, do you feel like you're more wired to be negative or positive? I think I'm probably more wired to be more negative, but trying to be more intentional at looking at the positive and mm-hmm. looking at the the good in anything that may come come across my plate. And I, as I thought about this question, I think for me, you get to choose your attitude. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I constantly remind myself of. You can choose how you approach something. You can't choose your circumstances many times, but you can always choose your attitude. You can choose to dwell on the good You can choose to find the funny in a situation. You can choose to have your perspective be focused on what is there positive that we can pull out of the situation. And so even like I was thinking with business things, if I have a failure or I launch something and it just does not do at all near what my hopes and goals for it were. I tend to be the one that instead of beating myself up or feeling like I failed, I'm going to step back and be like, what can I learn from this so that I can do it better next time? This was a great learning opportunity you know, and focusing on it like that because I'm like, oh, well, that didn't work. So next time I'll know <laughs> that that didn't work. And I think this week with the kids being sick, that was totally not in the game plan for the week. Nope. But when Silas woke up with a really high fever the first day, I just thought, you know, I'm so grateful that he had a lighter week at school this week because it was history week. And so they don't have it all as much homework for history week. I'm so grateful that we didn't have any big commitments this week, such as with foster care that we'd had a few weeks before that we had committed to do respite care or that I was going to be going to camp like I was this past weekend. I was serving as a co-leader for my eighth grade youth group girls at camp. We didn't have anything like that, that if I had had to kind of rearrange it because we have the flu here, it would have impacted a lot of people in a really detrimental way. And Mm -hmm. so I could just instantly kind of go to that place. And I'm so sad that my son is really sick, but I'm going to look at well, at least he can just stay home and rest and doesn't have to stress over all this homework that's going to be piling up. And same thing whenever Catherine then came down with a really high fever and then when Caitlin, you know, just us being able to talk about, well, let's just be grateful this week that we have a week that we can just stay home and chill. And it's not causing a lot of conflict or issues for other people and putting a lot of pressure or burden on the kids. Cause Catherine also had a really quiet week at school because they were going to get out half a day on Friday and she had worked ahead on and stuff. Her, her basketball is kind of winding up, winding down. 
Yes. And it wasn't her tournament week. And so there was just a lot to be grateful for. So I tend to try to always step back and say, what is the good in this? Just 30 minutes ago, I was upstairs with Catherine and she was talking about her throat hurt so badly and she was just miserable. And she said, but at least it's temporary. Hmm. And I said, I really appreciate that perspective because that's the perspective that I think can really help us when we think of, well, think about so many people who are really sick and they are going through cancer treatments or they're sick because it's some sort of lifelong thing. And it's not just, well, you have the flu and hopefully you're going to let it run its course. And in five or seven days or fewer, you're going to be better. So choosing your attitude, I think, is a really important piece of staying positive. Do you have thoughts on that, Jesse? No, just really being in, intentional. It's it's something that you have to choose to do. If it doesn't come naturally to you, you have to make that choice to, okay, I'm going to step back, don't make rash decisions and say, how am I going to look at the good side of what's happening to me or what is going to happen or whatever the situation may be. And when you said that, it, it also made me think of if you're not a person who naturally is wired to look at for the good, I think it is something that you can learn and mm-hmm, develop. Definitely. Like we talked in an earlier episode about actually being able to rewire the pathways of your brain. But also I think having people around you who tend to be positive people. So if you are struggling in a situation or feeling heavy and burdened or just tired and worn out, don't go to the people who are going to just kind of sit in the muck with you and be all negative and kind of heap on the negativity. Mm -hmm. Go to the people that you know, they're going to help you have a positive perspective and say, I'm struggling with this and I don't see anything good in this situation. Can you help me? have some fresh perspective. Cause I think a lot of times someone who is outside of that immediate space can kind of come in with fresh eyes and help us to see things differently. And it's not going to be something that is comes right away. It's just like when working out, you know, working out is difficult in the beginning and it gets easier because you're, you're working out that muscle, making it stronger. It's the same with this. You're working out that middle muscle, of, okay, I need to stop and make a conscious decision to look at the good side of, of whatever is coming my way. Like recognizing and being self-aware that you're getting sucked into mm-hmm. the negativity. But, but then it will become easier and you almost find yourself doing it instantaneously when you don't have to stop and make the conscious decision. It just happens. Mm. I also think for me, feeding my soul And taking the time and being intentional, that's a word that keeps coming up a lot in this episode, but being intentional about feeding my soul with good things. If you feed your mind with junk, you're going to dwell on junk. Mm -hmm. If you feed your mind with fear or with worry or with anxiety, that's what you're going to dwell on. Mm -hmm. But if you feed your mind with faith, with uplifting things, with the positive, with the good, with that perspective of the blessings in your life, it's going to be easier for you to focus on that. And so for me, that looks like reading good books, books that make me think that are going to stimulate my mind, but also are going to feed my soul in a positive way. 
and it is listening to music. Sometimes if I'm feeling down, just turning on uplifting music, putting my earbuds in and listening to it in 15 minutes can completely turn my mood around. Mm. And you talked about working out. I mean, I think that that's one way that it's getting those good endorphins going and it can be really, really good for our soul Mm -hmm. to be feeding our body with that healthy activity. Also things like listening to podcasts, you know, our hope with this podcast is that it's feeding your soul in a positive way and helping you to think more positively and intentionally about your life. But there are lots of other great podcasts out there. And for me, that's sometimes just turning on something that I know is going to just make me smile, make me think, but kind of pull me up out of that pit that I'm slinking into. And then making sure that I am, as a Christian, feeding my soul with God's word, with good sermons, and just really challenging myself to camp in the truth of who I am in Christ. That makes such a difference for me. I was also thinking this goes hand in hand with this, but counting your blessings Mm -hmm. and making that practice of not just choosing your attitude and changing your perspective, but counting your blessings, being intentional about actually stopping and taking the beauty and the blessings around you in and really actually naming them Mm -hmm. because it is so easy for us to focus on what's wrong in our life. But I would challenge you when you start slipping into that to stop and say, what's right Mm -hmm. in my life? No, gratitude and having the attitude of gratitude changes everything. I mean, it it can pull you out of a depression like that. Mm -hmm. And, but not only deciding to, to think, oh, this is a blessing, this is a blessing, but actually calling it out and declaring it to some either to someone else, writing it down, taking proactive steps to uh, memorialize it. Mm-hmm. It helps to cement that attitude in your heart. It's just every morning when I get up, I write a paragraph in my gratitude journal. And it's usually just a few things from the day before that I'm just grateful for. And it's usually in the form of a prayer. Just thank you, God, for, and then I'll just list off some things. That starts my day in this frame of mind of remembering how much I've been given, remembering how much I have to be grateful for. And also I think it's important for us to always remember someone would love to be in our shoes, even if we're going through a really hard time, even if we have some really big struggles in our life, there is, I'm almost positively sure something in your life that someone else would love to have. Now, that can be like a whole other conversation about jealousy and envy and all that. But just remembering, if you have a roof over your head, Mm -hmm. if you have a job, if you have a good marriage, if you have a child, if you have an education, if you can read, if you have food in your refrigerator, if you have friends, if you have community, if you have a vehicle that drives, all of these things that we can take so for granted that so many people in the world would love to have. Mm -hmm. And I think that really helps change one's perspective. One thing I did want to mention with this topic is that there is a very real thing called depression. 
And I don't want us to just be kind of glossing over like, oh, write in your gratitude journal or think positive thoughts or focus on the good. And that's going to fix that because there are situations where you need to go in and you need to get blood work run and you need to talk to a doctor, you need to talk to a therapist, and you need to actually get professional help. And so I just want to put that caveat out there that I'm not just saying, well, this is going to fix everyone Mm -hmm. because there is very real situations where you're dealing with something that is not just a you know, kind of you have the blues or you're having a, you're struggling with your attitude, but it is truly something that you need outside help Mm -hmm. with this. And so if that is something that you're struggling with, I just want to encourage you get the help that you need. Do not feel like somehow you are a failure. If you need to go to your doctor, if you need to go on medication, if you need to meet with a therapist, do what you need to do to get healthy and to get well And hopefully the things that we shared will help you on your journey. But I just want to acknowledge that sometimes, you know, I don't want this to be a band-aid that you're slapping on when there are some root issues that need to be dealt with and that you're never going to be healed and whole and living healthfully as a person unless you get that professional help. Thank you so much for joining us today. I would love your thoughts and your feedback. I know Jesse and I always read the emails that people send in. And like the earlier email that we talked about, a lot of times it is the catalyst for really great conversations between the two of us as we learn and grow. So if you have any thoughts, any feedback, any suggestions, constructive criticism, send it to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Have a great week. Hopefully you all are healthy and well at your house. And hopefully next week we will be able to report that our home is flu free. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 